All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Sports Cards Anonymous video. Josh, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, Dakota. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Excited to be on. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. And for everyone out there, uh, Josh is a co-founder for Card Ladder, and he also runs the YouTube channel Cardboard Chronicles. Um, Josh, to get us started here, I mean, that's a brief who you are in the hobby, but tell us who you are in the hobby, what it is you enjoy collecting, and what it is you enjoy doing and, and being in the hobby about. Sure. Yeah, I started uh, collecting when I was a kid, like most people, and then got back into it in 2016. Um, and I've been collecting ever since then. I primarily focus on collecting LeBron James and uh, Anthony Hardaway, and more recently, Chris Paul. And I also have a little bit of football stuff that I collect, like receivers, Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, stuff like that. Uh, but that's my primary focus. And I started the YouTube channel in 2018. Uh, the focus there was to interview other collectors, figure out why they collect what they do, try to, to give a, you know, a small platform to different niches within the hobby so people could kind of understand what all is out there. Because I always found it fascinating in the hobby, just, just how vast it is and how many things there are you can collect. And it's not just, you know, the the common stuff that you see on a lot of YouTube content. So it's kind of interesting to me to, to dive deep into the hobby. And so that's where I went with that. And then in 2020, we launched Card Ladder. Uh, I, I come from a tech background. I'm a software engineer. And, and mm. Chris is a, my partner is a, um, you know, he's uh, heavily involved in the data side of things. So he, he came to me with an idea. We should build a price guide. And, you know, we should build it as a website and a tool. You know, I would do all the software. He would do all the data. And, it's been a, a good uh, a good team effort since then, and so we we launched and we're still running Card Ladder today. We have a mobile app now, and uh, we're adding features all the time. You know, most people know it for the collection tracking and, and the uh, you know the estimated price guide value stuff. So hopefully, people enjoy the tool, get a lot of value out of out of it, and I appreciate guys like yourself, content creators that use it and use it on their on their content and talk about it. And so really appreciate that, and you know we love seeing other people enjoy the tool. Yeah, it's a great tool. Affiliate link down below. Everybody check it out. <laughs> but all right. Well, I want to go into your collection, what you're talking about there a little bit. So, you know, you said a lot of the basketball up front, and that seems like maybe that's um, uh, a staple from maybe your childhood. W were you into basketball cards then? Is that main, mostly what you were into? Yeah. When I was a kid, I was a, a huge Penny Hardaway fan. Sure. Um, probably, you know, props to the marketing departments over at the NBA and, and Nike for <laughs> marketing to a small child, Penny Hardaway, who, who turned out not to be the next Michael Jordan, which is, which is sad, but, you know, I still have a lot of nostalgia for him just because of that's what I grew up watching and collecting and stuff. I had a lot of, you know, cheaper cards of Penny Hardaway when I was a kid. I didn't have any money, but I always enjoyed like, you know, opening packs, going to shops, going to the mall and mm -hmm. seeing display cases, you know, like most people. And I had a Beckett magazine subscription every month. So, Pretty usual stuff there. Um, and then for LeBron, I've just, you know, I, I started watching him starting in high school and I've just always followed his career. He's always been my favorite player. And it's nice having those two guys kind of span, you know, my two favorite eras of sports cards. So it kind of, it kind of keeps it fun for me with that regard. What, uh, in your collection, what are your favorite or like cards you like to look at the most for LeBron and then uh, for Hardaway? Sure. I have some. Let's see. I have a couple here that, I pulled out. Uh, this is the one I like to look at the most for LeBron. Top this is finest. the yep, right. 2003 finest uh, gold refractor out of 25. Oh, I just you know, smokes. Love this card. When did you pick that card up? When? Yeah. 
like January of this year. I, uh, I paid a lot more in January than I could have if I had just, you know, pulled the trigger a long time ago, but that's how it goes. And then Penny, definitely the green PMG. Oh man, that is sweet. That is awesome. For sure. Man. How long have you had that card? Uh, like December of 2019. So I've had that a little while. You got, you probably got good on the cheap on that one relative anyway to today's price, I I would imagine. Cheap. Yeah. And then in football, you said wide receivers. You mentioned Fitch, uh, Fitz, Hopkins, and Julio. Why? Why wide receivers? Well, I mean, the LeBron stuff's been fun. You know, I've I've been successful with it. I've enjoyed it. But at this point, it's like the stuff that I want to collect and buy is just it's too expensive. I just can't afford it anymore. And I really like football as well. And so I started diving into football. But the quarterbacks were so expensive. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I did a little bit of Mahomes at the beginning, but his stuff is insane now. And I always like to get like the best cards of a player. It's just, that's just like my style. I like to pick out like what are my favorites of a given player. And I like to go really deep on the player. And I saw your, I think you made a video about like, you know, how do you collect or whatever. And I I watched that and I thought, man, this is exactly how I approach it. Like pick the player and just go real deep on them and figure out like what are their best cards. And so if I wanted to do that for like Mahomes or Brady, it's just like, it would take me like a hundred years and I just don't <laughs> so like, I kind of picked like, what else do I enjoy? And that's, I like receivers. I've always liked Fitzgerald. I'm from Arizona. So he's kind of our, Oh he's a, man, that is sweet. Hero of ours. Um, I've always liked Julio Jones. I, I like the, like, you know, the freak athlete kind of guys like mm-hmm. Julio that also are like consistent over a long period of time. I like sure. DeAndre Hopkins, um, Calvin Johnson. I have, a, I, I've got some cool Calvin Johnson stuff. Uh, See if I can find any Julio. There's a Julio RPA. Oh, that's sweet too. I just, you know, it's like I could go and buy like a bunch of stuff. I could buy Prism and I could I could get a lot of all these guys, but I just kind of prefer like, you know, what are my favorites of those? There's a Calvin Johnson. Exquisite. Oh man, exquisite. That's a beautiful card right there. Goodness yeah. gracious. Is that a four color patch or three colors? That's a that's a four. These are hard to find with a nice auto. He he yeah. wasn't very good at signing. He was always kind of streaky. So wow. the, I had to wait to get a ten auto on that one a little bit. Man. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, I mean, as far as collecting, I think picking one player and then going deep, I think that's probably the way to go because then you get to show off a lot of the the hobby too. You get to show off a lot of different cards of you know what the hobby's offered over the years versus just like. You know, I could only afford one Kobe Bryant card, so there's my Kobe PC. You know, that's yeah. it. I think you mentioned like to get one card of like the guy that you're not piecing really hard. If you if you have a lot of other players you like, you maybe get like one card of them. I think that's a cool idea as well. Yep. Yeah, I threw that in there too, and that's one for me too. I have cards everywhere because you know I've been I haven't stopped you know since 1999, and wow. I would just be like, oh, okay, another Ricky Williams rookie, another Emmett card, whatever. You just keep picking up. It's fifty cents here, there, and everywhere. And now I'm just like. I got too many cards. I got to get through this crap. And then I just need to use that money, put it into one card for that guy. And then just appreciate having one nice Ricky Williams card. One do nice you enjoy card. looking at, do you enjoy looking at cards when it's fewer or do you like thumbing through like a lot of cards? When I'm at a show, I like thumbing through a lot of cards. I like seeing a ton of cards, but inside my own collection. And this is something that I've had to ask myself and kind of realize it. I like yeah. I like just looking at one or two cards like up here. So that's kind of my, you know, there's an, you can't see it because of the glare, but there's a Namath, a Unitas, a Jim Brown, a purple Yordan, and then a Bobby Lane rookie. And to me, like those are five great cards. And I like just having those five cards to look at them on my desk. I have three cards. I don't keep a lot of cards on my desk. So 
I definitely like just looking at, at one or two of guys in general. Yeah, agreed. I think my whole like PC is only like 40 cards total. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I can't imagine. Outside I can of, I have like binder stuff, like cheap Penny Hardaway stuff that I'll yeah, thumb yeah. through every once in a while, like binder stuff, but like actual cards that I have out and like slab and stuff. Yeah, I only have like 40. I think I could sneeze and 40 cards would show up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the weirdo usually. Most people have a lot of cards. I, I, I take it to the extreme probably. No, I think it's, I actually think it's better. I'm going through a big kind of, you know, everyone talks about consolidate up and stuff like that. But I think there's a lot of people out there like me that have like 25 cent cards and 15. How do you consolidate this crap? Yeah. And so, yeah, recently, well, I actually have a box sitting over here with probably 1500 cards. Now I cut some out. I'm going to send a com C, you know, I'm just trying to get stuff out and move stuff. And I'm ship. I'm selling a lot of stuff on lots on eBay. You know, it's like a freaking $10 lot, you know, and 15 cards or something right. like that, whatever. So I saw you used to use Starstock and you switched to com C. I'm a huge Starstock user. I'm probably one of their bigger proponents on YouTube, I would think. And um, I, it's just dead. It's been dying. And I think a lot of it is their fault because they're not really pushing the flipping aspect of it. Like if you log on to Starstock, it still says the place to day trade sports cards. However, every update, everything they do is about breaking. And mm. to, I mean, I feel like they've kind of moved away from day trading, even though they still market themselves that way. And then... Um, yeah, I've just seen some videos about ComC and using it, and I'm like, yeah, it might be a better option. Let me try ComC out. Do you find that like people are shifting more towards like the collecting content of like, hey, if you want to be successful, you kind of need to focus on more individual collecting and sort of the flipping day trading stuff is getting harder. So like people are moving away from it. Is that maybe? I think I think the cyclical nature of the hobby is still there. Okay. I think we're seeing that with football, and I I just think that you have to plan it out better. You 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 can't just plan on buying football in June and selling in August. People figure that trick out. You know, this year you had to buy in January and sell in May. You know, that was the the trend we saw this year. You know, for me, I make a lot of collecting content, but you know, again, when I started my channel, like I knew I wanted to go on this journey to figure out what I, I, what's going to make me happy is a PC because at the end of the day, I'm a collector, and so. <laughs> <laughs> but 20 years later, I'm not happy with my collection. So I'm like, I, you know, I got to figure this out. <laughs> and so I make the collecting content really because it's what I'm doing. It's my journey kind of thing. And, you know, people like it, they respond to it. That's fair, but still how to flip, flip this, flip that, buy this, sell her. It's still the best content as far as like uh, people viewing it. Sure. That makes sense. All right, man. Let's talk about Card Ladder. Now, y'all started, you said, well, you launched in 2020. And I, I know briefly the story, you and Chris, I think both came back in 2016. Mm-hmm. And then you start Card Ladder in 2020. Well, I mean, what was the idea? Why did Card Ladder happen, right? What, why, what need did, you, did y'all see needed to be filled? Sure. So Chris, uh, he has his own YouTube channel, House of Jordans. And it's a very like very very deep analytical show it it would be like four hour episodes analyzing like jordan insert prices from like one year it was so deep that like you had to really nerd out on the data side of it Mm -hmm. with them for four hours and it was great great content very different from a lot of other content you see and he started making like um he started doing like analysis on like all-time sales history of some of these cards and he would try to come up with like predictions on prices for upcoming pwcc auctions in like 2019 early 2020 and he would start to like publish some of that data and some of his research on like hey here's what it sold for last time here's the the price trends we've seen and people really responded to that content he i think he was like 
selling some of it and people were, were really interested in it. Like, um, and so he's like, man, it would be great if we could just like digitize all this and we could have like an app with a huge database of all these sales and kind of become like the modern price guide. So he came to me with that idea. Uh, and I come from a tech background, like I said, so, you know, he's like, Hey, you'll build all the tech. I'll do all the data. And it just, it was like a good, a good, uh, pairing on that front. So I just, I focused on building all the tools for Chris to be able to add cards, vet sales, you know, pull the sales in from all the different sources and, um, make sure everything's perfect on the data side. And, you know, I just mm-hmm. focused on the, you know, the user experience, the features, the the apps and, and stuff like that. So that's kind of been the the team effort there. Well, I would say definitely shout out to, uh, the UI there because I mean, I started, I, I joined card ladder before I had a channel back in December, I think. And I was like, I don't want to pay 15 bucks a month. You know, I'm a cheap <laughs> bastard, <laughs> but you know, 15 bucks is, is cheap. And then when I used y'all for the first time, kind of the free, you know, y'all have the free version. You could just log on and use, I was like, okay, this is pretty, pretty slick. And you know, I've used y'all and I've used other tools now. And, uh, to me, card ladder is just, you know, head and shoulders above the rest from a UI experience. It's just so fast and easy. And I really like like whatever logic y'all have in the search function, because it's very, it, it knows what I want to search for, right? If I put in Luca, you know, it's pulling up Luca Prism 10, you got the star there saying this is the base, you know, the flagship, whatever it stands for. And then if I put in one keyword post, you know, after that, it knows exactly what card I'm looking for. So I think, I mean, yeah. I, don't know. I like the UI. It's very good. We just, the secret there is we sort by number of sales for a card. So it's like, in general, it's always the one that people, it's usually the one people are searching for anyways. Secret sauce. There we go. So simple. (laughs) (laughs) What, uh, all right. So card ladder, great tool. What's, what are you the happiest with, with how card ladders turned out, whether it be, you know, how things have played out in the market or, you know, features that you've all brought to the table? Um, I mean, to be honest, we're, we're most happy that other content creators have adopted it and, and grown to to enjoy it and use it in their content. Like seeing it on your channel, seeing it on other guys' channels, uh, like Emil and Slab Talk and Brett from Stacking Slabs. Like these are guys we really respect in the community. And to see you guys use the tool, um, it gives a, you know, brings a lot of joy to Chris and I every day. And obviously like we need to support ourselves and we need to survive and make money. So like that side of it is cool. We make money from it. It's our day job now. We don't, we don't have regular jobs anymore, which is fantastic. And I think, you know, being the entrepreneur is fun, uh, but we really enjoy the community side because that's kind of where we started anyways. We came from the content like yourself. Mm-hmm. We started with a you know a community of people who enjoy similar stuff that we do. And to see everyone adopt the tool and use it every day is, uh, especially as a software developer, I've built a lot of things over the years that nobody used and they've just like sat in the ether and died. So to see people using it is very satisfying. Yeah, it's funny. I guess when I got started, I was using Card Ladder. I actually had a couple of content creators reach out to me and say, Hey, don't use card ladder. <laughs> I was like, what, why? And, um, but I, I don't know who they are. <laughs> I, I bet, you know, one of them, uh, I don't know if you know, that. Well, who knows, but I don't know. I think it's a great tool and, um, yeah. All right. So, so that's, hold on. Let me let these dogs finish barking. Give me a second, man. I don't know. I think my, uh, father-in-law and mother-in-law are here. All right. Done. All right. All right. So we just talked about, you know, what you're happy with, how Card Ladder turned out. What, in your opinion, what's the most underused feature that Card Ladder offers the community's not using? And I can pull Card Ladder up if you want. I got it over here. Um, well, it's definitely the collection feature, but more specifically, 
it's like the player index pricing model within the collection feature. So if you can like add a card that is not in our database, like one that you own that we don't have, and you can tie it to the that player on the card's index, and it will give you updated pricing estimation of the card every single day. I would say that's the most underutilized. Like once people start adding their rare like one of ones and stuff that like no data tool is going to have in the system. It's like, oh, wow, you're actually like putting a price on. That seems pretty close. And it's cool that it's like tracked over the last, you know, six years since I bought it. That makes sense. Like sort of that realization that people make of like, yeah, it's not like the exact price because it doesn't sell and it's a one of one and I own it. Like it doesn't make sense to just proclaim this is the price, but it's nice to see like a starting point. And I like to use the price check feature as well, especially at like um, shows and like stores and stuff. If you're working with a dealer and you're both are like staring at each other, like I have no idea what this is worth. And you're looking at comps and the car doesn't sold. If you use the price check feature, you're at least like giving yourself a starting point of the discussion. That's how I always frame it is like, okay, how do we start this conversation? Well, you know, this card sold for X two years ago and uh, you know, the market for that player has gone up like double since then. So let's just call it like two X, right? It's just like an easy place to start and you have some sort of frame of reference. That's really interesting. I've never actually noticed the price check. I see it now. You know, that's I'll have to go play with that. That's I didn't even know that existed. So yeah, that's great. We have some much more interesting stuff coming off of that sort of technology, the the like player index pricing estimation. We have much more interesting data that'll help find pricing on a lot more cards. Uh coming soon. We're working on some of that stuff right now. Yeah, I mean, I started using the collection about two weeks ago and when I was doing that, I was adding cards that y'all didn't, you know, it's not in the library yet. And then I saw that I could add them using the player index. And I thought that was awesome. I was like, this is, this is a great way to do it. Cause I just put in my price paid. Y'all use that as a data point. That's where you're starting off as. And in general, you know, Kevin Durant's moved up 15% since you bought the card. So the cards moved up 15% kind of thing. I was like, oh yeah, this is really good. This is a great, great addition, I think, to the, to the tool. Well, we used to like base it off of, like the that's what the star cards are that you notice like the luca psa 10 we would just base it off of that one card and it's like that doesn't make any sense for a super rare card and it also doesn't mm -hmm. make sense to base you know a common card off of a rare card so like what if we just base all cards off of all cards and like average them out and so the, the more that the database grows and gets bigger over time the more accurate that sort of averaging gets yeah i did a i did a deep dive when y'all released a player index and I went through, you know, the white papers and all that. And at, I, well, I mean, because I, I sit here and, you know, essentially promote Card Ladder. And sure. so if y'all are going to have this value that y'all are promoting, because it's at the top of your, you know, listings, when you, or not listings, but when you look at a card, you know, it's, it's the highlighted value. Sure. So I want to make sure I understood it. And at first I thought, you know, I was like, okay, it's good. It makes sense. Just use it for what it is. And the more that, I'm using card ladder and looking at these numbers. I like the player index more and more. I mean, just more and more. I just like, yeah, you know, I trust that number. I understand some people have issues with it and yeah, every card's its own beast, but I like it. I, I think it's, I think it's a great addition. I don't know. From your perspective, how's the community, you know, responded to it? What's y'all's biggest pushbacks, you know, on the, on the player index? Sure. Um, we've definitely gotten pushback, uh, from, from some people that you're probably thinking of. Um, <laughs> I think in general, like people get maybe upset that like, they think that we are trying to push the market in a certain direction or something, or we're trying to control it or manipulate it potentially. 
So the, the ways that we combat that is we put the last sold price and date right below it. That was that was the most important piece of that whole feature, to, in my opinion, is like, yeah, if you're going to put this number that you're just like, you know, you're putting a Z estimate on something, you're just making up a price that isn't an actual comp. If you're going to like be ballsy enough to do that, then you at least need to show me the last sold price and like mm -hmm. give me the real data right below it. And so whenever you see the last sold, like you're showing here, if you show the last sold and it sold like three days ago, the CL value is always going to be like basically the same price because sold three days ago, how could it have moved, you know, 10% or 20% in three days? Right. It's, it does sometimes if the whole market moves, but like in general, the closer you are to an actual comp, the more accurate that CL value is going to be. And as far as, so as well, let me, I guess I'll pause there. Is there anything else you want to say about CL value or about the collection tools before we move on to the next item? Um, I mean, CL value is like, you know, it's another data point. It's a, it's not like supposed to be the end all be all. There's no perfect way to price every single card. It's like I said, it's mostly meant to be like a starting point. And on stuff like this, that's why we have the confidence meter below the five. Cause it's like yeah. this card literally just freaking sold. This is the price. Yeah. Like what is it? What, there's nothing to argue. Right. Yeah. And then if I, I think I can probably pull something in that hasn't sold recently that y'all have. Hold on. Maybe not. Yeah, I may not be able to pull anything here, but yeah. I'm thinking of cards in my collection that I can pull up fast, but all right. All right, yeah, so I think and I think it's a good data point. I mean, I've, I've been using it a lot more, you know, especially as I get more comfortable with it. Um, you know, <laughs> the one thing I would say that I don't know that I've struggled with it. It hasn't been difficult, but uploading cards and getting new cards into the library, you know, yeah. that process. But what I appreciate, because I just actually, the Luca rookie panini sticker y'all just uploaded that's one that i submitted yeah i just got the email yesterday it's you know been uploaded I was like all right and i go back and look at it and you've got data for the entire year you know what's that process how long does it take you to pull in data for these cards and how how far back do y'all try to go when you upload new cards into card ladder sure um well chris and christina and the rest of the data team are in charge of all that i don't i'm not involved too much oh, but sure. they they're using a lot of tech there's a lot of tools that i've built to help them pull in that data uh, but the process to add a card is a little bit manual and we are working to like automate a lot of that stuff and make it faster. So I would say like the pace at which we add cards is definitely not going to be the pace forever. We're going to, we're definitely going to explore avenues to use tech and pick up the pace, but they're basically doing research on all these cards. Like they're understanding, like they're going to different websites, sports card database, trading card database. They're looking at like, um, you know, different sites to look at like the set registry for these things and figure out like information about it. Cause when they build the, they're building queries to like basically go and search like eBay and all these different sites of how to trim down just to get that one specific card. Cause if you search like 2018 Luca prism, you're going to get like a ton of different cards. You're yeah. not going to get just the PSA 10 base, yeah. you know, you're going to get a bunch. So the real work and effort is building the queries to, to get you just that specific card. Then, you know, we're, we're making sure we get nice looking images. We're making sure that we're pulling in and vetting all the sales after they've been pulled in. We don't want to just like add in every sale, making sure it's like the right card and making sure that it's not an outlier with zero feedback and things like that. So the process is pretty, pretty labor intensive, but that's by design. Like we want to make sure we have the best data uh, in the yeah. industry. And so we take that very seriously. So that's why like we would prefer to have 50 bulletproof cards added a day versus like 200 that you're like, yeah, this isn't actually that great. This data mm -hmm. sucks. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where we're at. But there's definitely ways to use tech to, to uh, you know, greatly scale that up and, and increase the pace. Yeah, that makes sense. And 
are y'all gonna pull in PWCC data once their auctions, you know, finish this first month? Uh, they are not publishing that sales data as of today. Uh, we are working with them, speaking with them, trying to get it uh, organized in a in a publishable manner so that we can put it into the app. But yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, I was kind of curious about that because I saw on their update. Yeah, they said they were really protecting their data, and yeah. I, my first thought was like, I, I wonder if they're going to be able to pull it into CL. So. Um, all right, man, we're kind of running up on time here. I want to ask you, you know, card ladder, I think y'all made, I remember using this in December. The site looks way different. It feels different. It feels better. Right. I, I think y'all have done a great job of, of improve, continuing to improve card ladder, you know, looking forward, looking on the horizon, maybe what are some features we can expect down the line or what are some, you know, future things that y'all want to do with card ladder? Yeah. Um, well, we're probably pausing on like the UX and like the, the, like breadth of the features and kind of more focused on the data side, adding more cards, making sure that mm -hmm. things are more efficient and faster to add to your collection and track sales. Like we kind of want to double down on the core of card ladder and focus more on, um, you know, the long-term value of it in terms of tracking a, a ton of cards that people have in their collections. That's, that's the most important piece of this right now. So I would say like, we're definitely, you know, over the next few months going to pause on adding more features and focus more on, uh, doing better at what we do today and, and making sure more people are satisfied with the cards we add. And we have some other stuff in the works around, you know, the player index and different indexes, like set indexes and ways to kind of oh, like build those on the fly. Like there's different ideas we have around that and using more indexes to kind of help gauge the value of a rare card. There's more work around that. But in general, I'd say more focused on the, uh, the card scale. Are y'all here's here's one I want to see. I'll throw my hat in the ring for you know feature I'd like to see. I'd like to be able to look at because I, I like that on the collection tool you can make multiple collections. I'd yeah. like to be able to have like a high level view. Hey, here's a total value of all your collections and how they've done over time. Yeah, so, for sure. That's a great call. If that's something that could be out there, I would appreciate it. All right, man. We're up against it. So I'll turn it over to you. You know, is there anything else you want to say here before uh we end the the video? Um, no, I think I've talked about myself enough i was just gonna say you know thanks for having me on and appreciate you supporting card ladder on your channel and hope we can continue to make it better and you continue to get value from it we don't want you to uh have it get stale and us focus on breaking that's not something we're, we're <laughs> so Ooh, keep focusing on the, the data side and, and doing what we what we do best i guess yeah i appreciate that i wish uh more i guess companies in the hobby would feature would focus on what they do at their core it feels like a lot of people try to do everything instead of just realizing who they are so yeah we've uh we've had that discussion a lot you know like the hobby would probably be better off if there wasn't like monopolies and a bunch of monopolies trying to compete with trying to do it all and it seems like everyone has a vault and everyone has a breaking site and mm -hmm. man if we could yeah to your point like it would be nice if everyone did what they were best at but we'll see that'll you know that'll kind of play out over time though Yep, the fanatics right. is coming to shake everybody up anyway. So it's right. Matter? Capitalism <laughs> is about to play out anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, brother. Thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, great tool. Appreciate you. Thanks, man. See ya.